Hey, Devin Smith here. Todd is not here. I'm hosting the show, so we're going to do it my way, and I brought two of the best people I know to figure this gum market out. Uh, Matt Toddy, I've known for a long time. There's many stories that I cannot tell, but he is one of the best timers I've, I've, I've known for a long time. And J.C. Perez is now a freaking legend. I don't know what's going on, but, I, you know, I, I, I get notes from my subscribers. John, my subscribers. Saying, yeah, you know, I, I followed Tracy Perez and because you agreed with him, I'm going to go along this. So thanks for, you know, helping my people out. <laughs> Happy to help. Happy to help. All what right. are we buying? What are we buying these days? What are we agreeing on? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, here, let me just put the, the big question out here. So blah, blah, blah. Interest rates go up a little bit. The economy is stronger than the recession. Uh, I, I was going to say a bad word. The recession babies are looking for um, so, you know, this was a good macro day. Economics day is a bad day for the market. But I would say, as the only fundamentalist guy here, and I'm not talking my religion, uh, that the whole concept of running, you know, nine weeks straight up into the end of the year and not expecting a pullback, Matt, what, what would you call people who, who you know, are weeping that their, mar their market's down 1%? I will say, however, our portfolio is up 26% for the year so far. So take that. Wow, congrats. Thank uh, you. Act, well, act like you've been there, Tobin. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Was this your first rodeo? <laughs> this is my uh, first rodeo, exactly. Almost those <laughs> I hosted on Fox. It, it, it was live. You, you know, you couldn't, you, could, you, you couldn't make any mistakes. These ones, when I make it, we'll just stop and redo it. So keep going. There you go. Well, you know, when when you and I have talked, when we near when the NASDAQ was nearing that 200-day moving average a couple of months ago, yeah. before that bull run, I said, well, I got a mild signal here from my timing indicator. Um, no heavy selling. Um, institutional buying started to really increase following that signal that I got. And you and follow it, retail buying and institutional buying very uh, closely. Yeah. So my software tracks all stocks, all universes, all ETFs, anything that trades on any exchange, it tracks it. And then it looks for reversals on high volume. And high volume meaning that the average trade size is larger than your normal retail investor, right? So okay. we try to separate the two. And it looks at, the, all of those 16,000 plus um, instruments and then compiles a long and short reversal indicator. And when that reversal is minus 50, then it's bullish. If it's plus 50, it's Got bearish it. to oversimplify. Well, well, what's interesting is JC almost had the same thing at, at the same time when you were calling the sort of the, the bottom going into October as well. JC, what is your magic? magic mojo that showed you that yeah not a lot of magic for me we just like to count you know that's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's really comes down to that um it, people often forget it's a market of stocks so you know the s p 500 has 503 stocks or something or whatever right you know the nasdaq 100 has 100 stocks the dow's got 30 russell 2000 right understanding what's driving these things you've got 250 260 biotechs another 250 260 uh regional banks in the Russell 2000. So if you're only looking at the Russell 2000, just understand that it's being driven by a lot of these things. When you're looking at the S&P 500, 30% of that is technology. So yeah. it's important to remember that. And the Dow 
Healthcare is the largest representation, over 20%. So you want to understand what's driving these things. The NASDAQ 100 has no energy, no financials, no real estate, no industrials, no materials. Is the NASDAQ 100 the market or is no. it 50% technology? There's nothing wrong with that. Just understand what that is, as opposed to something like the Dow that's like 17% technology, twice the industrials exposure to the S&P 500. When you look internationally, the United Kingdom has no technology. You know, it's things like Chile, Peru, no technology. They have different types of exposure. So understanding sort of the composition of what it is that we're analyzing, I think is really important. The new 52-week lows list peaked in June of 2022. By the time the S&P put in its low in the fourth quarter and the NASDAQ put in their low, there weren't any stocks left that were still going down. Most things were yeah. already going, going up, right? So it's about counting. And people who were like, oh, we're in a bear market or, oh, the market's going to crash. Like, have you counted how many stocks are going up versus going down? I doubt it. So I think it really just comes down to that. Like, have you counted or not? People are like, oh, it's only seven stocks that are going up. I'm like, have you counted? Because it's it's really not <laughs> okay, only we get seven. It. We get yeah. it. We're trying to count right now, okay? So that's, so that's yeah. my I'm point. Counting so how many times you said counted, and I get it. Nobody wants to do it. They, they, you know, and humans like defer to uh, the the easy out, and the indexes just don't serve that. So the new highs well, uh, peaked in December of fourteen. December fourteenth. That was a month ago. So we're over a month into a market correction. Well deserved, to your point, by the way. Well, I, you know, I'm the fundamentalist here, and I'm the macro guy. Um, what what's sort of, sort of intriguing to me is that there's still these. So we had the pivot, right? We had the Fed pivot. Oh, my gosh. You know, and all of a sudden you looked at the futures market and it was saying that there was going to be a 50 basis point rate cut in March. And that was like 80 percent certainty. That came down to 45 percent certainty today because one governor came out and said, well, wait, wait a minute. Now, that's for traders. That's for day traders. I mean, investors can't get hung up on what one Fed guy says, but you can follow you know, the big stuff. I asked you guys to give me like a, an update on what you think about Japan and Mexico. They, they both made, uh, you know, all time highs, um, their, their markets. Uh, China, on the other hand, is in the toilet, is going nowhere. Um, I mean, there's stuff that's having, having secular moves now. And to your point, JC, don't get hung up on one or two stocks, count them all and, and, and don't and, and count China and Japan and you know other other markets that are doing very well yeah china's yeah. not doing well at all but what does that have to do with you know brazil or canada or denmark well you right. can make the argument that you know uh before i think you were born uh this china company <laughs> that came around and they uh got out of communism and they started working on uh, actual capitalism and then they started uh, making all the shirts for walmart and everything else and we had 18 to 20 years of disinflation because prices kept coming down because guys would work for 50 cents a day and that's over. So that brings, you know, prices up, brings inflation. And we, we sort of understand that, but I, I'm a sort of a sector guy, but as you know, my, my real business is I'm an inflection investor. I'm looking for transformative events that create inflection. And the reason why we're up 26% this year is because I'm sorry, but AI is one of the biggest inflections of technology that I've ever seen, and I was I was deep into the you know the old days of uh, of uh, AOL. I, I remember in interviewing this guy Steve Case from Quantum Computers, who said he was starting this AOL thing, and I was like, <laughs> really? 
<laughs> people are going to get email on an app. I mean, come on, Steve, what are you smoking over there? So my question is, Matt, and then uh, uh, the the Spaniard is now your nickname, JC. Uh, is I've been called uh, worse things. Yeah, that's true. Um, so this is a logical comeback. Where where do you see us coming back to to find support in the American market? And and I do look at the difference between the equal weighted QQQ and S and P five hundred and the you know market cap weighted because I am sort of in Kathy Wood's camp in that market weighted thing has 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 changed the dimension of capital formation uh, in the stock markets. But hey, to your point, it is what it is, right? So Matt, we live in a market we live in a market cap weighted world, Toby. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, so so um, to recap and agree, and agree with JC, uh, we track every single stock. We don't track indices. So um, we know as a whole when things should move up or move down. And then it's up to you to really find those hot sectors if you're trading on a daily or weekly or monthly basis longer. Personally, I trade futures um, intraday. So my scope is narrowed down to a very small piece, but I will say this, I track the daily and weekly because really that's important. I wanna make sure I'm in the, in the right general direction of the trend. So um, on December 20th, we got a top signal. Um, normally 50 is bearish, it was 90. Oh, so wow. that told us that institutions were piling out at, a, at an alarming number. Now, does that mean that it's a bear market following that? Absolutely not. There's a lot of catalysts. There was year end, there's window yeah. dressing, there's all those things, right? The, the algorithmic trading on that day was like 84% of all trades were algorithmic. You know, in other words, robot sure. momentum reversals. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, we did see the market drift back up slightly above that day, and and uh, the volume was pretty light. So now we've had that pullback that we were looking for. Um, When's it going to end, Matt? I don't care about your futures contracts. Where, okay. Where's the price? All right. So so now we're in a consolidation. We're creating a flag on a technical um, basis, and um, we are putting in a bottom here. I think that it's significant enough to hold probably 465 on the um, on the S&P, on the uh, SPY uh, is significant. And then hopefully we should see a push to a new high. On a long-term basis, we're still in a bull market. The momentum is still there. The institutions are not selling at the high here. That selling was all uh, lower sized sure. average trades. So it was all retail. 465. 465 on the spy? On the spies, yeah, with the breakout above 479. All right, JC. It's basically a new high, yeah. Bring it. Bring it, boy. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, I, I think we're 18 months into a bull market. We continue to see sector rotation. The laggers are catching up to the leaders. It hasn't been the opposite where the leaders catch down to the laggers. It's like yeah. the leaders keep leading and the laggers catch up. I mean, that's what we've seen um, on, on, that's on both a cap-weighted and on an equally-weighted basis, right? To your point, Toby, yes, we live in a market-cap-weighted world. Yes, Amazon deserves probably to be 25% of consumer discretionary, you know, right? Yeah. Like, that That probably it's is about right. at our house. I, yeah. I, 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 built, I built a treehouse for the Amazon guy just so we can, like, take a nap. No question. He, but I also think there's... But I also think that there's value in looking at the equally weighted uh, indexes as well. It's two different perspectives. It's not that one's better than the other. You're just getting a different look 
Um, and the, again, consumer discretionary on an equally weighted basis has been one of the biggest winners. So is technology. Um, so have industrials. And historically, early on in bull markets, what are the leading sectors? It's technology, industrials, and consumer discretionary. So this time is no different. Also, I want to point you to the breath thrust that we saw in December, where you had the most amount of new highs. Wait a minute, that we've can, you, seen. can you say that in television? Breath thrusts? Yeah, take your head out of the gutter. We're uh, we're talking oh. about the stock market here, Toby. Okay. Uh, so checking. so relax, relax. All right, um, settle, settle down. Um, <laughs> have another glass of wine. You know, let's let's ease into that. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. My bad. Uh, so, My bad. Uh, Unscrew you, JC. Unscrew you. I apologize. Listen, um, the market is like sex. It's always best right before it ends. Right? <laughs> I think uh, that was Warren Buffett. Got a winner there, Todd. I'm sorry. Oh, man. You just took Maddie, it to a whole new level, JC. Listen. Um, <laughs> that's well things, rehearsed, things... though, Todd. Let me tell you, that's well rehearsed. It's not the first time he's thrown that bomb. <laughs> so it was Warren Buffett who said that, by the way. Uh, so in uh, in what we saw in December was the most amount of new highs. We call them a breath thrust. Uh, because we're seeing just a relentless amount of buying pressure. You know, but, you have across all across the across the sectors. Other than across the sectors, individual stocks is what I'm I'm referring to specifically. But you'll also see at the sector level, you'll see at the country level. And historically, when you see that sort of behavior, it's very early cycle. Now, in the very short term, it tends to or lead early to stock market cycle or early economic cycle. Early stock market. Nobody cares about the economy. The stock market is a lead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on, you know, Toby. We're talking about making money in. We want to. We want to make money in the market, and we know for a fact that the market is a leading indicator, and it's a discounting mechanism for the economy. So why are we going to waste our time with all this economic stuff when we got the leading indicator right in front of us? So the Don't economy will cry, come. Man. Don't make me cry. I've worked a long time at this. The now. economy will come later. Don't worthless. worry. Nobody said it's worthless. It's in my opinion, less important than the forward-looking information that's going to tell us what the economy is going to do. So, right? We're here to make money, and the, the the leading indicator has continued to suggest breadth expansion, right? And to such a, a to such a, a, a level that is rarely seen. So again, early in multi-year cycles, which is economic to your point, right? Yeah. Joking aside, yes, yeah. economic cycle for sure. But in the short term, in the very near term, it does tend to lead to some pressure. Go back and look. You saw it in the spring of 2020, some short-term pressure. And we've seen that. But when you zoom out, that's early cycle stuff. So, you know, we think that we're in the early stages. The first quarter of presidential election years tends to not be great. Uh, this one's no different. So, um, but the, the back half of the election years tend to be yeah. great, you know, and we've been following that. Uh, election cycle like to a T, right? Last year, ups and downs to a T. You buy the midterm elections, that yeah. certainly happened. Correction in the third quarter, ripper into the end of the year, like, you know, to a T following that. So I'm not saying it's going to work out exactly like that, but it wouldn't be, it would be strange if it didn't. Actually, yeah. Well, you know, right? we've had Jeff Hirsch and Sam Stovall, you know, two of the biggest historians I think out there. <laughs> That's how I, am. I was on, I was on the, uh, um, uh, I was on the floor with Sam Stovall's dad, Yale, uh, or excuse me, uh, Hirsch's dad, Yalbert, yeah. and, and Sam Stovall's dad. So, you know, those guys have been around a long time. I'm not uh, old enough to have those stories. Yeah, no, well, you know, I got to pull some rank here somehow. All right, so 465. Um, we're yeah, again, that's short term. I want to I touch a little bit about uh, what JC said. Matt, also. We're going to take a break. 
I want you to okay. hold your thunder. All you right. know, when I first met Matt, it was in Mongolia, China, or actually Mongolia, part of not part of China. And right. he, he had not spent as much time on, on, the, on the coast as he has now. He's got a little twang going on there. I like it now. Now you're, <laughs> now you're a homeboy. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the 465, the number. We're talking about sectors. Uh, we're going to talk about why uh, my uh, AI uh, stocks are up 26%. Uh, and uh, we'll be back. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with Breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with Breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with Breslow the business of sports betting podcast greetings from evergreen podcasts we're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you the information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. I'm Jessica Inskip from the Market Make Her podcast and director of education and product at Options Play. You're listening to Buy, Hold, Sell with Tobin and Todd. We are back. Matt Cotty, the king of the Caribbean. No, I'm sorry. The Gulf of Mexico. Mr. J.P. Perret, the, uh, the multilingual uh, analyst. I'd love to see you like do Ovestra uh, radio. Do you, you ever do any uh, uh, radio for well, the market? Well, they, they speak Portuguese there. It's a different language. I know I that. Speak Spanish, <laughs> so. Portuguese, too. Yeah, I don't. It's 
Portuguese might sound like Spanish, but it might as well no. be Mandarin. I got I got close, nothing yeah. in Portuguese, not even close. By the way, I got Portuguese fish market right around the corner for me. It's fantastic. Oh, um, yeah. I, no, but I did give a presentation. I think it was in Venezuela once uh, in Spanish. Uh, that was cool. Wow. The one time I did uh, analysis technical. Sorry. Hola, la pues, Bato. Uh, All right. Hey, now, look at that. It's more of like a Mexican twang. Right? <laughs> and in Portugal, it's muy, muy malo. As in, like in Spanish, it's izquierda, right? To make a left turn. Yes, it's, yes. It's like izquierda vida. And, and, the, and the Cubans the Cubans don't call each other vato. That's a Mexican thing. That's right. That's why I grew up in Southern, <laughs> Southern California, vato loco. So. You know, you know. know my buddy, I, my buddy I, is Puerto I, Rican. I, I, and yeah, he's, uh, he lives died. in San Diego. He's got a Mexican accent. All his Puerto Rican friends make fun of him. Yeah, he does. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I, 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 was, I was in the day when the Mexican gangs would go against, like, the poor white guys next to our locker and, like, surround us and, like, shake us down for lunch money. And, and the entire football team that I played on, our entire job at halftime during the school day was to go help people and kick butt on those gangbangers because they look really – really bad until you actually hit them and then you know they they feel like rocks that has nothing to do with the stock market but are we buy mexico eww you like it toby oh uh, you kidding me gino john layfield is one of my best friends so yeah i i you know uh when john was the world champion of wwe wrestling jbl uh I no, can't I'm even talking about the ETF. I'm talking about the Mexico ETF. Oh, yeah. So I thought you were talking about WWE. <laughs> All right, we'll go back. To, we'll back how are you getting so far <laughs> off track? Here? Bring it back, Toby. Bring it back. You know, that's, that's, that's how I roll. All right, so I asked you guys before on Japan. I'm sorry, Japan and Mexico. Um, they're both hitting all-time highs. Japan has absolutely had an economic transformation. Um, I, I, you know, again, I remember when they peaked out in 1984 uh, at, at, or 1986 and, and the, 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 the palace in Tokyo was worth more than all of California real estate, right? It was the they park. park. It was that yeah. park in Tokyo. Yeah. Park, they had a little been, it's a nice park, but all of California? I don't know. It's a little aggressive. Yeah, yeah it was a little aggressive. Uh, so anyway, what do you think, uh, Matt? Give us, do you have any uh, Japan or Mexico? Because Mexico is the new onshoring capital of, of the world. Yeah, so um, I do go there occasionally for vacation, love Cabo and other areas. Uh, and of course, being in the Gulf of Mexico, I'm, you know, a very short flight. Uh, I'm talking to, about the uh, stock market bonehead. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I do not follow the Mexican stock market whatsoever. I will, I do follow the Japanese yen though. And right now that's getting beat up pretty hard. And, um, from a technical perspective, there is no institutional buying coming in at these lows. So for the short-term foreseeable future, um, it looks like it's going down. Well, you just answered the question of why the stock market's going up because the, hmm. the, the yeah. currency exchange is juicing the earnings per share of these Japanese uh, companies when they take the dollars and repatriate in the, yeah. Now, uh, Paris, do you, do you follow Japan uh, indexes or any outside? Of course, uh, I, you know, we follow every country around the world. And, you know, I think Japan, I mean, obviously it was a tremendous leading indicator is one of the first ones to be breaking out around the world when other things were not. You look at the Wisdom Tree ETF, DXJ, which is pricing Japan in local currency. So mm -hmm. that DXJ was making new all-time highs before anything else was. 
Uh, that was a great leading indicator. As far as the Nikkei goes, I think we go back to those all-time highs from 89 that you were talking about, and that's still like 10% away. That's not nothing. So I think it's still got legs to head up there. Um, you know, as far as the currency, if you want to eliminate the currency aspect of it, you can have a 50% EWJ, 50% DXJ position if you want to be long Japan without the currency risk. I love it. That's that's one way to do it, right? I'm not saying it's a, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but there's a lot of different ways to participate for sure. Look at Toyota Motor, um, you know, that stock continues to act really, really well. Let's remember that Japan has a ton of industrials uh, in that particular segment. So just kind of reiterating the, the strength that we've seen in the United States and Canada, for that matter, and Europe, when it comes to industrial stocks, you're also seeing that as a driver in Japan. So there's a common theme where even if you're not going to invest in Japan, if you understand what's driving Japanese equities, you could bring that theme to the United States, something closer to home, if you want. If you don't want to own a Japanese ADR or an ETF, yeah. and maybe you want to own you know, some engineering manufacturing company out of Ohio or something, right? Well, I mean, let's look at Toyota. I mean, first off, you've been to Japan. I've been to Japan. Matt's been to Japan. You know, they have these things called chai balls, which are basically these giant conglomerate like they have in Korea, same sort of dealio. Um, Toyota came out and said, you know what? We're just going to make hybrid vehicles. We're not going to make EVs because nobody wants these freaking EVs. Um, and they're making them in Korea and they're making them in Japan. Uh, and, then, and then I just was out looking at new uh, SUVs last week. Every one of the SUVs at the Toyota dealership here in Scottsdale are hybrids. They got rid of their, their plug-in and they're selling like hotcakes. They, they, they have like a three-day uh, inventory and they're just getting sold out. So I'm long Toyota um, as really as the as essentially the anti-Tesla play. Um, you know, when, when Hertz dropped 20,000 EVs, whenever I rent a car, I always like to rent the, the EV car because it's just so fun to drive. But uh, Lord help you, you have to recharge that thing. Um, it's and, funny, uh, Toby, you mentioned Tesla. Yeah. Tesla's been a mess for years, yeah. we actually put on an iron condor today. So we sold the, you know, we sold the wings and hedged ourselves on the outside. But we're betting that Tesla continues to remain messy, essentially, is the way the yeah. trade works. So for those of you at home that don't understand what JC is saying, that's a structured trade where he's using options, selling and buying. Uh, and it looks sort of like a condor when you put it on a, on a spreadsheet. But I'm totally with you. I mean, I, I, I mean listen, I, I think the first show I ever did for Fox Business um, back in 2009, it was like the day before the uh, Tesla IPO, and uh, I, you know, I get and I, for my subscribers, we we were long it going into it, and we held it for a long time. And yeah, I sold a little bit too early. You know how when somebody says a little bit too early, you know, like two years too early, but um, <laughs> it, but it became a cult stock, and I don't know how to analyze a cult stock. Um, you know, it's like a Kathy Woods. Uh, you analyze but, a cold stock the same you would a, a stock that nobody cares about. It's just it's it's the little pointy directions and the just, volume. It's just, and, it's just supply and demand. If there's more buyers and sellers, price go up. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I don't care that you're that young and you're smarter than me, Matt. Uh, <laughs> did you ever mess up Tesla? You know, I got in for uh, maybe a 40, 50 percent ride. Uh, from a technical perspective, and um, and that was about halfway through its big move. So um, I didn't catch it early. I caught it midway through and and got out early. But I'm you know anytime it's down below two hundred, I'm a long term buyer. Because yeah, I, just, I think that I think that's I think that's a good call. It's interesting. Yeah. 
I've never seen, I've never been in a stock where the chairman and majority owners was selling 25% of his stock to buy Twitter. You know, it's sort of hard to, and the market makers that I know were saying, I am choking on Tesla stock. I cannot, you know, this inventory I'm holding. So I knew that they were blowing it out. So that's why I got up. I, you know, I got a little bit too early, but that's okay. All right. So let's but talk. I, I mean, it's look, it's probably going to have another run just based off of their, you know, automated technology and also the truck. I mean, the truck. Our bet is, is a, just not that it's not happening anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree right, with that. No. I just hope it doesn't happen right, yet. We got a cocktail, yeah. got a <laughs> yeah. cocktail at Del Frisco's. JC, yeah. he's short. Matt, you're going to buy under 200 bucks because this is getting there what, quick. What am I short? Hold on. What am I short? I'm short. Oh, Del I thought Frisco's. you were short Tesla. I thought you were no, 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 no. We're we got put on an iron condor, so we're just betting that it stays sideways for the ah. next couple months. All right. Yeah, All right. and and that that's probably a safe bet, absolutely. But um, you know, this is I think a five year hold on Tesla for me, and I rarely buy things long term. But uh, th- this truck is making a huge impact, and there's a million deposits already. And I know there are. Have going. you seen the truck? Yeah. Yeah, it's we, awesome. we have one out here at the Tesla dealership. Yeah, let's just say, how much are they? Are they expensive or no? Well, when you when you actually they're only making like the the jacked up one with all the cool stuff, so they they're like sixty nine thousand to eighty two thousand. That's uh, not bad. That's less than know. my. I got a GMC because I got a, yeah. I got too many kids. I mean, the GMC is a lot more than that. That's not bad, man. Well, yeah. I, you know, the thing is. You either love it or hate it at just the look. I don't think there's anything in between. I, I mean, you know, I'm a little avant-garde. I, I don't mind looking, but if I got in that car and I get out, people would laugh at me. It would be hurtful. What do I they do hurt- when you get out of your car now? They're not laughing? They're saying, you know what? For an old guy, that freaking Tesla you got <laughs> rocked. <laughs> look at that guy. That's funny. So you exactly. have a Tesla? You like it? I love him. Nice. I love him. I love him. But it, yeah. uh, but it, I, I don't drive. I mean, I have another car, and if we're actually going someplace, we'll, we'll take that car because nobody wants to. The, the worst one in the world was like coming. I'm originally from Southern California. I have fans and family out there, so we'll drive out to California from Scottsdale and come back. There's a you know one of their superchargers about 45 miles out of Phoenix. When you start getting close to it, you start seeing the sign that says "Go back, go back." You know, there's a hundred cars here charging in line. Oh. That that takes a lot of fun out uh, of driving your Tesla, or in my case, not driving it because I'm totally into the auto drive when you get on the. Oh freeway. man, that's scary, dude. That's oh scary. no, it's, it's it's better than me. Trust me. <laughs> better me. Do All they right, have that? Do they have that for the stock market? Get like a Tesla to trade for us, you know? Hey, hang on for a second, because I, I I one of my uh, one of my big winners is a company called Versus AI. The ticker symbol is V R S S F. And they are just are introducing at Davos right now their um, essentially artificial general intelligence, meaning that, that their, their software is, gives the ability for a machine to be sentient, to make uh, decisions. And right now I'm, I'm like beta testing uh, the stock uh, side of it, sectors and stocks. Um, and it is pretty amazing in that it's, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. But to your point, JC, we, it gets everything, and it, it it it's lining up, you know, sort of winners. And again, part of our twenty six percent up for the year is number one. I've been using it uh, on small limitations. But the other side I want to get to is AI stocks because I'm of the belief 
uh, being older than both of you shits together, that the, um, the, you know, the internet was fine and it did a lot of things, but I, I can tell you, you know, I'm in the research business and I'm in the writing business, et cetera. And I, it blows me away. I mean, I, if, if there was no barred google.com, I, I would, I would lose two hours a day. Um, it, it just, it, and when you're going back historically saying, what was the discount rate at the fed window on October 31, you know, 2000 or, you know, 1981, when things are, boom, you got it. So in jobs, for instance, in law, the versus AI is uh, is with a large, the largest law firm in the world, the Dentons, 186 countries. And they are on working on one project, which is to translate law briefs into all these different languages because they have 50 or more uh, lawyers in that firm of, I don't know, God knows, 20,000 who just do legal uh, transference, just doing translations. Those people are 350, 400 grand a year. And they've already cut out something like $25 million of overhead. Uh, wow. Mind boggling. Uh, another company that uses uh, this versus software is NRI, the largest logistics company. Did you boys know that logistics makes up about 10% of the entire GDP of the United States? Makes about up that. Yeah, it makes yeah. about about twelve and a half percent of Germany, for instance. Anyway, so I don't know if you ever worked in a in a warehouse, but I have. I have and in not. the warehouse, yeah, they call you a picker. By the way, that's that's rough. You know, I've been called other bad names, but the, on the floor, you're a picker. Uh, the problem is, a, it takes you about six months to learn where all the stuff is, and then after six months, you quit because you can't stand it. So, with this AI system. It, in real time, 24 by 7, et cetera, guides these pickers to the point where it's actually fun because they get done in half the time. It's about 50% reduction in the time. And the quit ratio for the last year of the big test they did, it's like 10% of people quit. Normally it's 50%. So take those two examples and then think about what, what uh, inferential AI, JC, could do for your stuff or Matt for your stuff to right. take a well, load off of what you're doing. You were supposed to introduce me to that company. What happened to that? <laughs> I want well, to combine my algorithms with their AI. We'll, right? we'll make that happen. We'll make, okay. I've been a little busy, right. but we're going to make that happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, listen, Toby, but, I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've been able to see it. You know, my company was acquired by an AI company. So I've had kind of like a front row seat over the last couple of years working directly with FinTech, you know, helping yeah. banks and finance specifically on the AI side. And I mean, it really is fascinating. I have some friends that are investors, some private companies, et cetera, et cetera. For me as a, as a trader and an investor in public markets, what I can control, you know, um, Microsoft, Google, NVIDIA, uh, that seems to be where the money's going. The pure play stocks seems harder, yeah. messier. Uh, the winner, the bigger, keep on getting bigger is the Hold trade that, that we've been on. Well, that's you know, not like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna here for this segment, but forget about Todd. We're gonna do another segment, and, and when we come back, I, I just need to get you know another soda and uh, you know get my look at my AI. Uh, anyway, we'll be right back. Stay with. Buy, hold, sell. Brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. 
We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with Breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with Breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with Breslow the business of sports betting podcast a news story gets shared by a friend on social media or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil but how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcast, And remember, don't believe everything you read. Hi, it's Nicole Middendorf, CEO of Prosper Wealth Financial. You are listening to Tobin and Todd on Buy, Hold, Sell. Hey, I'm Smith. I'm here with Matt Toddy. I'm here with Jason Perrette. We're going to talk some AI stocks. Matt, you were saying something in the break that was intriguing to me, and I think to our listeners at home, about how people screw up when stocks get really strong, they get afraid, and they sell them too early. All the stocks I gave you guys to look at, they're all really strong, aren't they? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and and just a, a simple nugget for retail investors, and this might help you make some money actually using indicators. Um, the stochastics indicator, for example, or RSI, when you see those get extremely overbought, most retail people are selling into that. Is that or when it gets it's, red? It's above the line? and, and so Yeah, if it's above 80 or 70, whatever 70, your mark right. is. But let's say it's, but they're limited Lane invented it as a as a, um, a, a a bound momentum indicator, not to trade it oversold or overbought, but that's the way most retail investors People use, use it. it. Sure. What, what they should be looking at is when it's pegged against that 100 mark, between ah. 90 and 100. And that's really showing you the momentum in the market and the opposite if it's down below 20 and pegging there. So- if you just look at that perspective, you'll notice that the oscillator, if you're in a really strong trend, the oscillator will keep bouncing above oversold. It will never reach oversold, but it'll keep going into overbought, overbought, overbought. And that's a good indicator of a strong trend. 
So I looked at that group of stocks, half a dozen to a dozen stocks you sent me, and every one of those were pegged between 90 and 100. Yeah. Every I, I one mean, of them. I mean, it's amazing really point, the momentum Dave. in that whole AI Dave, you sector. you got anything to throw in on that? Because that's a very interesting point, Matt. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I think a lot of these technical analysis books and stuff like that focus a lot on mean reversion when we know asset prices trend. So if you're constantly right. looking for mean reversion, you're defeating the entire purpose of what we're trying to do in the first place. Yeah, there's, a time, there's a time and a place. Yeah, you get like, listen, yeah, I mean, listen, if you're always fighting trends, you're going to be angry a lot, you know, because yes. you're going to yeah. like that's no good. So a, a good way to help confirm the direction of a trend if price isn't enough. It should be, but additional yeah. supplement, I do find value in momentum a far second from price itself. I think Matt would agree. Um, I, I think that you can really see in the weight of the evidence, um, you know, looking at market breadth, then momentum will sort of confirm a lot of that. Um, RSI, the way he described mm -hmm. it, is spot on. All right. So um, I'm going to get to it in a second. I, we were talking about, you know, PANW and Arista Networks and NVIDIA and AMD and SMCI and Marvell and so on and so forth. Um, we own these from a, not from a technical standpoint, but just from a, a, a structural standpoint, because uh, the once the AI genie got out of the bottle, we, we talked to a lot of CEOs and stuff, and they just can't, they, they, they can't quite get their head around it, but they know if they screw this up, that they're going to screw up their company, they're going to screw up their division, they're going to you know fall backwards. So they are putting the foot to the metal. And as you know, you know you can only make so many Nvidia chips because they come out of Taiwan Semiconductor, and AMD can only make so many. So there's a supply demand imbalance, which is what at Transformity Research we're looking for. We're looking for an inflection of demand or an inflection of pricing power. And now they have an inflection of demand and an inflection of pricing power, which is uh, sort of hard to beat. But to your point, when would you sell, Matt and JC? What are the one? What, what's the one it would make you sell? Uh, you know, uh, Arista Networks or AMD or, or Nvidia. When our targets are hit, and your targets are based on what? Um, so when we're making new all-time highs, we have projections. You know, using a variety of calculations. So we're arriving at seven twenty for Nvidia. So we'll be selling there. From a risk management standpoint, it's always been five hundred. You know, that was the breakout level from that consolidation we Boy, had no since kidding. the summer. So if you're above 500, the risk has been up as the market is proving. Um, you're going to see some of those other areas. Um, NVIDIA was the cleanest, in my opinion, of all of those. And what I mean by clean is how, what would the market have to do to prove that I'm wrong? That was easiest defined in NVIDIA. Doesn't make it better or worse than the others. It was just best for me. Yeah. Well, also interesting, you know, that I think people missed was that, because of that huge cash flow going almost all to the bottom line because it's all incremental new sales, their actual forward PE today is 24.5. The overall market's 22. So how could you say, well, gosh, I'm not going to add any more NVIDIA or I'm going to sell it because it's overpriced. Well, if, if NVIDIA is overpriced, going to grow 75% their earnings year over year, locked in, already sold. Nice knowing you. My, yeah, I mean, the... The joke, the joke amongst my fundamental friends that I get to eavesdrop on is that the price of the stock keeps going up, but Nvidia keeps getting cheaper. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, on a on a forward <laughs> price earnings rate. Look, that's funny to me no, as a technician, you know. No doubt. I mean, I you started. You got to work on your sense of humor, Perez. All right, Matt. What? What? <laughs> no, I, I started, um, you know, working with William O'Neill, institutional research department, and uh, you know the Kanslin philosophy: earnings growth is king. 
timing helps. But uh, if they're growing and they're trading at a discount to their P or if their PE is at a discount to the growth rate, then it's a no brainer. I yeah, mean, generally. And you wait for deceleration of earnings yeah. if you're a fundamental investor. Right. I mean, irrespective of another pandemic or, you know, I mean, a, a World War Three or China invading right. Taiwan, which which, by the way, as we all know now, um, that type of risk uh, is in the world today. And so, you know, all the fundamentals, but all, all the technicals in the world, there's going to be occasionally stuff that happens, which is why people should not be on margin going into, you know, these type of things and risking, et cetera. Um, that's just my little philosophy. But gentlemen, awesome. We, of course, have you back. Um, any fa final words, though, Matt? I mean, you know, uh, 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 six, I'm sorry, what's the number? Eight, eight, 85, sorry. Uh, you're talking about S&P? Yeah, S &P. 65 on the SPY. But look, then again, this is short term. I'm, I'm shorter term. The long term trend is still intact. And the, the momentum is there. My, 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 uh, of course, tech is my number one pick, but I think we should be looking at the Russell. We should be looking at those regional banks too, because I think they're going to have probably a breakout, you know, second, third quarter of this yeah. year. If, if, you, if the Fed starts cutting rates, they're going to, they already had a nice run, you know, 20% or so in the last quarter when rates started coming down. JC mm -hmm. final, uh, Thing I'm gonna have to buy. Yeah, it's what's up. next time you come on. Listen, it's it's the it's the defensive areas like consumer staples. We haven't seen relative rotation into staples. You start yeah. to see consumer staples outpacing the S and P, getting back above those late twenty one lows. That relative ratio that would be number one. Same thing with low volatility stocks and credit spreads haven't been widening at all, as narrow as they've been. That is is kind of like the missing component from a deeper correction. You're getting some dollar strength. Why well, be watching these emerging market currencies? They've been a great tell for the dollar. If these emerging market currencies are getting whacked, that's not good for most stocks. Uh, so look for these things to start picking up again and the dollars start to come off. If you're a stock market bull, you don't necessarily want a weaker dollar. You need a weaker dollar. Yeah, you need a weaker dollar because... The earnings that, that come back from these, you know, multinationals get discounted back from the euro or the yen to the U.S. dollar. And if the if the dollar is higher than what was sold in the currency, you're going to have less earnings. There's no. Question. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but it is the only <laughs> defensive asset. It's not the U.S. Treasury bond market. Treasury bonds are trading with risk assets. So the yeah. defensive asset is the dollar. So dollar strength means not so good for stocks. All right, brothers, you guys are way, way, way smarter than I am. I just enjoy, you know, uh, uh, hearing two different perspectives getting to the same place. That, that is pretty cool. Thanks hey, at Del Frisco's when you're in New York. Let me know. Del Frisco's, oh, for sure. I, I love I, that place. Number eight is, it says it. Tobin Smith on the back. I don't know if you know that. So next time you're there, let's look for the name. JC, I see the same thing as you on the consumer staples. That was my third. So okay. I, I totally agree with you. All, All right. right. Well, buy, hold, sell, baby. You don't, like you, don't get, you don't get talent like this on that freaking DNB, whatever the hell that thing is. Uh, <laughs> even though I know Jason's on it all the time. But welcome. Thank you. We'll be back probably tomorrow. So from uh, everybody, bye, Del Hole. Bye-bye. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. 
On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one?